first episode of smoke a bowl of horror uh, my name is mike lee and i am your host man i will be uh you know chilling with y'all and honestly just talking about some movies and uh, a little bit of cannabis news this is the official uh cannabis fueled horror movie review podcast yes uh <laughs> i'm a little ner- i'm gonna be honest let's just i'm gonna be honest I'm a little nervous. Uh, it's my first uh, podcast, and I don't like the sound of my own voice. And I'm listening to it as we speak. So apologies if you're like me and you don't like the sound of my voice, but you're still listening. Thank you for being a goddamn trooper. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, man, this is uh, you know, this is the podcast. I, I will be reviewing uh, horror movies um, and on occasion some uh, classic stoner movies and maybe some impossible stoner mo- movies. Uh, but mostly horror and science fiction. Uh, we're dealing with, you know, uh, th- today's episode, we will be reviewing the 2002 uh, classic, horror sci-fi classic, 28 Days Later. Yeah, man. I, I haven't seen this movie in, wow, probably about 15 years. I think I've only watched it twice. Each time I watched it, I caught something new that I like about it, um, you know, but I haven't watched it as uh like to review and you know just analyze it a little bit which i like to do uh and it's on um it's on netflix right now nope i'm lying sorry uh it's actually on hbo max right now uh and that's where i'll be watching it from uh how i will be reviewing movies is i will be rating them on a bong level bong rip scale basically um by that i mean how many bong rips does it take to get through the movie whether or not you smoke 10 but actually get through the movie so before for example it's going to be from one to five five being it's a crap movie uh in weed language it's a uh low grade reggies if you will you know it's real bullshit swag if you will uh and you know obviously in the middle we got uh, three and that's just mids some zoner it's pretty good you know, get it not the best. It gets you where you get it gets you to where you want to go. Okay, uh, and number one, obviously, being the high grade, uh, piffy, uh, crippy movie, if you will, for uh, for us older ones, crippy. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, now that we have that, uh, should I? Should I? Yeah. Let's let's let's. Yeah. You nobody. None of you know who the hell I am. Let me uh, introduce myself a little bit more. My name is Mike Lee. Uh, I live out here in uh, beautiful Orlando, Florida, man. Uh, yeah, I'm a uh, I'm an artist and uh, open mic comedian, and I, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I, I have a beautiful family, and I I, uh, I this is um what is this? This is a medically legal state, and no, I don't have my medical marijuana card, but I can't wait till I do though, because 
you know when i do i'll be able to tell you the uh, names and uh different grades and uh, you know whether it's an indica or sativa or whatever i'm smoking because i want to let you know what i'm getting down on while i'm watching the movie uh but i can't do that yet because i don't have a card and when you don't have a card you just get whatever the guy your guy gives you <laughs> Oh, it's brown this month. All right, yeah, cool. Oh, hey, this month, hey, it's kind of green, little purple hairs. All right, cool. Oh, that's not purple hairs. Spilled grape grape juice on it in the car. All right, still sold it to me. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does give it a flavor. It did. Yeah, was the was the red last week fruit punch? Yeah. Okay. All right. That was good. I think you guys should laugh at that. There you go. Uh, <laughs> oh man that was terrible no i'm i'm excited man I've, I've been wanting to do this podcast for a minute and my uh my beautiful wife noticed that i was doing it on the, trying to record stuff on the phone and it wasn't coming out right she got me this real cool portable podcast machine man so shout out shout out to my wife uh yeah man she'll be on on the podcast uh on occasion uh you might even be on this one i don't know uh <laughs> but anyway let's get right to it man um so yeah well, I guess I, I guess that's it for our introduction, man. All right. So, uh, let's before we start the movie, let's get into the trailer, and I'll be right back. Today in hospital, I wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. I've got some bad news. They're infected. Infected. What? Infected with what? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's the blood. There's something in the blood. There's someone. You never go anywhere alone unless you've got no choice. Hello. Two. Only travel during daylight. Unless you've got no choice. See, this is a really shit idea. You know why? This is obviously a shit idea. We have to leave now. More will be coming. They always do. Trailer, uh, pretty intense. I gotta admit, uh, movie trailers have gotten better, but this was this came out in like what 0203, so movie trailers at this point were pretty good. Uh, if you remember, if you're old enough to remember movies from the 70s and 80s really sucked uh a good trailer back then was far few in between 
but uh, this movie came, and the 90s is when it usually, it was when I noticed it was getting a little bit better uh, as far as movie trailers go, but um, th this movie trailer, it was pretty good, kept me, uh, and I've seen the movie before, but I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell is this? These zombies uh, are running. Uh, anyway, so um, I'm going to read the movie setup, and I, I got it straight up on it, so uh, here we go. A group of misguided animal rights activists uh, free a caged chimp infected with the rage virus from a medical research lab. When London bike courier Jim wakes up from a, co a coma a month after, he finds the city all but de uh, deserted. On the run from on the run from the zombie-like victims of the rage, Jim stumbles upon a group of survivors, including Selena and a cab driver, and okay, excuse me, including Selena and cab driver Frank and joins them on a perilous journey to what he hopes will be safety. All right, so, and they mentioned the cab driver, but they didn't mention his daughter, so okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, man, that is the breakdown of the movie. This movie was directed by, <clears throat> excuse me, by Danny Boyle. You may know him from uh, such movies as Train Spotting, Some Dog Millionaires, and The Beach. That is like one of my wife's favorite movies, mine too. The Beach, holy shit, that movie is intense. I have not seen Train Spotting, and believe it or not, Slumdog Millionaire. I know those are big movies. I just kind of missed them and never went to rewatch them. But maybe I'll do them on the. I know they're not horror movies, but maybe I might do them on occasion. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there was one sequel from this movie, uh, 28 Weeks Later. Never saw that. Didn't hear good things about it, but I, I'm going to judge for myself uh, whenever I can. Uh, now, this is pretty cool. The budget for this movie was $8 million. This movie, when it came out, man, it, it says it came out here uh, June 27, 2003, uh, which conflicts with another thing I saw. You can never tell nowadays because people like me who don't know what the fuck they're talking about are putting the information online. So uh, it came out about 0203. I'm pretty sure it was probably 03. Now that I'm looking at it here. Um, so. Anyway, uh, this movie's uh, budget was eight million dollars. Domestically, it made over okay, it made dollars. Internationally, it made thirty-seven million three. Excuse me, it made thirty-seven million eight hundred and ninety thousand seven hundred and eighteen dollars. Worldwide, this movie made a grand freaking total of $82,955,633. God damn, that's a lot of money. Dude, the budget, the budget was basically, um, basically uh, freaking nickels and dimes, and they banked off this movie. Good for them, man. Good for them. All right, so that's pretty much uh that's the whole breakdown of the movie show over no uh that's just the um setup of the movie a little bit of info about it obviously and um we'll get right to the review be right back all right so this is the portion of the show where i figured it would be a good time to shout out shout out an important stoner okay and uh I, I wish i had a better name for the segment it's not even a name for a segment fuck it it's just my favorite stoner this episode's favorite stoner is my actual number one favorite stoner of all time for me uh 
may not be on number one on your list, but it is, he is on my Mr. Thomas B. Ken Chong, a.k.a. Tommy Chong, dude. I am a big, big Tommy Chong fan ever since, and I can tell you exactly when, ever since about 02, uh, when I moved down here to Florida and I uh, first started um, uh, uh, smoking cannabis and I really got into teaching Chong, I, I thought I thought they were the funniest shit, and I had seen Half Baked already, and it was great, and you know, I, I just really dug the, <laughs> listen to me, so I, I, I dig it, man, it's really groovy, man. Uh, I really, I really like, you know, the, the vibe, the old school vibe, them just, oh, I love those movies, I can go on and on about them, but I won't, because this is just about Tommy Chong. Let me give you a little breakdown on Tommy Chong, man. Uh, he is a Canadian activist, actor, comedian, director, musician, writer, and most importantly, cannabis rights activist. Tommy Chong was born May 24th, 1938. In the 1960s, he played guitar uh, for a Calgary group called The Shades. They recorded a couple songs. Uh, one was called uh, Too Much Monkey Business, and the other one was Junior Jerks. Okay? Uh, he had a band member named uh, Bobby Taylor. Uh, and they they played all around. Dude, Tommy Chong and him, they actually helped discover the Jackson 5. Yeah. I mean, to think about, I mean, come on, man. Without Tommy Chong, and I know plenty of podcasts have said this before, but I mean, it's just noteworthy. Let's say it a million fucking times, man. Without Tommy Chong, we wouldn't have Michael Jackson. I, I really love this guy's story. But anyway, a little bit more. Um, Chong opened up a uh, Vancouver nightclub uh, in 1963. Uh, basically, he took the uh, the theater. It was called the uh, Alma Theater. And then after he bought it, uh, they turned it into the Blue Balls. Blue Balls, that's it. <laughs> Just Blue Balls. That's, that's exactly what it was. Uh, but I'm sure they relieved a few balls in there a night or two. I, I mean, come on. They're musicians. Musicians are wild and crazy. It's the 60s. You got, you know, weed going around. And, and, um, Chong had his, Chong, he, him and his band, they're doing shows at Chong's nightclub, which is pretty cool, man. Like, you really don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to worry about the road. Where are we gonna play tonight? Same place we played last night. Cool. Um, you know, and that's pretty cool, man. Uh, while there, while, while that place was open, uh, that's where Chong met uh, uh, Cheech, you know, Cheech was uh, from uh, East LA and decided to go up north. Obviously, it was the 60s, you know what was going on, Vietnam War. My man was avoiding draft, and I don't fucking blame him. I, it's the best decision he ever made, if you ask me, because without that, he wouldn't have Cheech and Chong. And these guys were going to make millions of dollars, man. Like, straight up and down, these guys made albums that are hilarious. If you ever get a chance to listen to a Chief and Chong album, please do yourself a goddamn favor, man. They're all pretty good. Um, I, I mean, they're, they're just classic sketches, man. Yeah, man. If you haven't heard of a Chief and Chong album, I, if you're a stoner and you haven't heard of a Chief and Chong album, or at least one sketch from their albums, man, do yourself a favor, light up a fatty or a smoke a bowl and just turn, hit play you're gonna laugh your ass off, I promise you. My favorite, now I can never remember the album name, but I remember the sketch. It's uh, Twat, T.W.A.T.T. Yes, Twat instead of, it's like a play on the 70s 
uh, a show and the movies they made a, a few years later uh, called SWAT. Yeah, this is TWAT. Just check that out. Fucking hilarious, man. Uh, but anyway, man, they, they, they made movies. The movies were classic movies. If you ask me, if you ask me, they had a, they had a style that was all their own. If, I, I love watching the Chicha Chong movie because if you really watch it a bunch of times, you can find something new to laugh at each time. You know what I mean? You mean like the Naked Gun movies? Like Naked Gun, there's a lot of jokes happening, like back, back to back to back to back to back to back. Well, in the Cheech and Chong movie, there's a lot of jokes happening all at the same time in a big scene. Now, I, like, you just have to see it to understand what I'm talking about. Like, especially in um, Up in Smoke, there's the party scene right before they get busted by Sergeant Stadenko. And um, <laughs> they, 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 it's just, it's, Chong's trying to get into the party. Or no, Cheech is trying to get into the party. And Chong is also trying to get into the damn party because he locked himself out. But, dude, and the cops are about to bust and Cheech is trying to tell Chong to get out the house. It's, it's a whole thing, but there's a lot of characters doing a whole bunch of stuff in the movie, man. And it is hilarious, okay? All their movies are like that. A lot going on. Uh, their albums are great. Tommy Chong has, he's lived a lot of lives in one life, man. Like, he's done it all. He's even gone to jail. He went to jail. Check this out. And if you don't know this, which you probably most, I'm sure you do, but if you don't, Tommy Chong went to jail because his son, this was around 03, 04, I believe. Uh, and he, around 03, and he, he went to jail because his son uh, used his likeness to sell Chong glass. Yes. And they were selling. Uh, and this was at the same time when George W. George W. Uh, pretty much was doing his slick ass shit, man. And long story short, they busted every damn head shop that day, all over the country, and all the glass makers. Like a lot of people went to jail, but I, Tommy Chong went to jail. He was like the martyr for the whole cause, kind of showing that if Tommy Chong could go to jail, watch out, you motherfuckers, because you could get it too. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, they were untouchable for years in the Cheech, as far as, uh, you know, uh, pot days, man. Because they used to smoke with everybody. You know, Willie Nelson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know what I mean? Like, everybody, you know? And it, it, they used him. He was like the martyr for the cause, man. And, I, you know, he, he did a little bit of time, and uh, he said he enjoyed it in interviews I've heard. Uh, you know, and uh, Tommy Chong really, you know, took the bullet for his kids business and uh i remember that day man because um that was back in uh 03 04 and i remember i was here in florida and i remember working at a head shop and well i was friends with somebody that worked at a head shop and i was literally there every day they were there for the whole shift selling stuff so i volunteered there i guess at a head shop i should say but anyway um you know the night before we were there full the, the store was wall to walls, full to the gills with glass, right? Bowls, pipes, bombs. Back then you couldn't say bombs in the store. Water pipes, if you will. Uh, bubblers, hookahs. I'm talking handcrafted, hand-blown shit, not just catalog stuff, locally blown stuff. Uh, they, uh, dude, there's so many. Any shout out to Ben Lipkin if anybody uh, has ever 
smoked out of one of his pieces, man, because he was a local Florida blow. Anyway, um, but I remember that day, man, and uh, you know, we, we, we left that night before, and, and then George W. Bush did his funny business, and the next morning, we came in for the second shift. No one really told us anything had happened because the people that were there the day before, or that, that morning that opened up, had went downtown with the glass that they had bagged up. And, you know, we walked in, dude, and there was nothing left on the shelves, just empty shelves, empty shelves. They literally cleaned the store out. And they did this countrywide. Yup, they really devastated the, the head shop industry for about, at least in Florida, for about a day. Because a lot of people, a lot of stores were right back up and running, and a lot of people went harder, 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 harder than they ever did before. Uh, shout out to uh, Father Nature, Katmandu, uh, the G Spot, uh, Purple Ringer, a whole bunch of like places that had been in the Florida uh, scene for a long time, and they really, you know, they tried to take them down, and they did not. COVID might have took a few of them out because a lot of those places aren't here anymore. But um, yeah, man. So yeah. So shot anyway. So Tom, I remember that day, you know, and that, and then soon later we found out Tommy Chong had, you know, been arrested, and that was fucked up because he was like one of my favorite characters on my other favorite show, that '70s show, playing Leo. You know. So anyway, I think I've gone on long enough. Jesus. Um. Yeah. Tommy Chong's out obviously, and uh, to cap up the story, uh, you know. Cheech and Chong and him broke up about 86 and uh, they got back together in about, I think about 08. Yeah, they got back together in 08 and they pretty much been doing business ever since together. You know, like, and that's pretty cool, man. You know, uh, they, they've really gone full circle with their lives. Uh, Tommy Chong, I follow him on Instagram. He still has a, uh, he's still, still doing his canvas thing. You, you can um, do, I just love the dude so much that I'm gonna plug his stuff. Um, if you're looking for any business or anything, I should say, uh, as far as pipes, bongs, anything, anything, just, just first, before you look anywhere else, and we too, my man is selling everything, man. You know, he's selling cannabis products like everybody is now, but this is the triple OG in the game, baby. Go to TommyChongsHemp.com, and you can also go to GetChongCBD.com. All right. That's enough about me gushing, gushing over Tommy Chong, man. So uh, that's it. All right. All right. So, yo, this movie, I'm going to be very uh, quick with my uh, review and my score. Okay, uh, dude, uh, first of all, this movie is dope 20, almost 20 years later, okay? That being said, I, I, I had no problem sitting through this movie. I had no need to get up. Uh, but I do, I will say about halfway through, uh, I, there was a point where I was like, all right, something big had happened. I'm going to get into it in a second. Something big had happened, and I was like, you know what? I totally okay. Let you know what I, I told. I told myself I need a. I need a moment. I need to breathe. I need to relax because the movie's very intense with the music. The like there's, you know, there's a certain uh, vibe that they create with the music and the you know the deep tones of the movie. That by the time, and I'll just go ahead and say, by the time the cab driver was 
had been infected and was shot shot dead by the uh, military group. I needed I needed I needed another one. All right, so I'm gonna give this movie 28 days later a two-fold rating. That's it, just two balls, man. You know, and honestly, I really could have just sat there through with one, but it was just so intense I needed to keep cool my head. You know what I mean? Okay, so anyway, so the movie starts, man, and I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but I'll tell you my favorite parts, man. You know, the guy wakes up. Uh, first of all, the movie starts off with all these images of uh, uh, like, like war, like like war. It looks like in Palestine or Israel, in some major cities, like there's just war and people, you know, shooting, bombs going off, people crying, spitting, snotting all over the place. And then you know, they then you realize it's just uh, it's, these are TV screens that this monkey is like being clockwork orange, and he's just you know. <laughs> pretty much they're doing everything but holding his eyes open uh with the little prongs and you know he's watching these things and i guess they're experimenting on monkeys in different ways with different sensory things visual audio whatever and evidently injected them with rage like i said before in the earlier uh breakdown of the movie the uh animal rights group uh misguided well intended but still misguided accidentally lets out the monkey one gets bit then another and then another and then a sister and then a brother and then it, it spreads and then 28 days later no more europe and next scene guy penis right there on the slab um yeah main character the main the main character yeah i forgot about that part the main character jim played by uh cillian Mur murphy cillian murphy he wakes up from a coma i guess you know you come to find out he was hit by a car blah 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 he gets his bearings together he gets out uh, definitely, this came out like a year or two before The Walking Dead uh, graphic novel, so I'm sure this opening scene had a lot to do with how that, like, inspired, basically, uh, the writers of The Walking Dead, um, because that's exactly how Rick wakes up, right? Uh, you know, uh, which I gotta get back with. I really stopped watching that show after they killed Gwen. I was heartbroken. I know I'm about four years behind, but I'm just saying, it's the truth. Anyway, so the movie. So, yeah, this guy, you know, he's Jim, he's walking through Europe. He seems to be the last man on earth. He goes into a church once he kind of, you know, feels convicted to because he's looking for some type of hope. And he sees, like, you know, there's like this mass. There's, he, he seen uh, a bunch of bodies left behind. Uh, and there's like this mass suicide that must have happened, right? And, and then he accidentally makes a noise and one zombie pops up like bam that's the first that was the first jump scare right and uh you know he's like oh and he tries to get out of there and then all of a sudden this zombified priest comes out of nowhere and then he's attacked by the zombified priest blah 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 and then uh he's running he's running he's running and then he's you know the, uh, there's zombies chasing him there's zombies on fire and now the zombies on fire is chasing him and then you got all this stuff going on and then he's saved by uh these two people i just realized i had that echo on sorry about that um and then he's saved by these two people uh one uh <laughs> one i don't even remember his name because he gets murdered pretty uh, killed pretty early uh soon after that i should say um but uh, the other is uh, Selena, uh, played by Naomi Harris, and she uh, helps him out. 
she, they help him out. They, you know, they explain to him what's going on. They take him to see his parents who have clearly killed themselves, which you end up finding out a lot of people do. They kill themselves and not have to turn into zombies. Now, before we move any further, the zombies in this movie are not dead. They're just infected. I love that touch. Sorry, sorry. I, I have the button right here, folks. I, I have to push it every now and again. I love that touch. I, I swear to God, I do. Uh, really, um, they're just infected. Uh, I like the scene where, you know, any any scene really where you see an actual dead body, especially at first in the movie, you feel like they're going to get up. But that really hits when uh, Jim is staring at his lifeless parents who have clearly taken sleeping pills and a bunch of sleeping pills and wine and just made in bed together and just died. He's looking at their decaying bodies. The house stinks. And you think the way they the way they're just staring at these bodies, which I mean, I don't know. They're most likely by uh, not by they're most likely um, either actors with really good makeup and not a lot of breakfast because they were pretty malnourished or they were like the best fucking uh, uh, prosthetic people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I don't want to call them dummies. That seems to me. Um, anyway. uh, so but the whole time the, the camera staring at them, you feel like they're going to just jump up. Like it just gets you, you know, like just just give you that jump scare, but it never happens because the zombies in this movie are not dead. They're alive. Once you're dead, you're dead. Which I mean, that's a pretty good idea. I mean, uh, it kind of it kind of leaves in the back of the viewer's mind if you open, if you just you know suspend your dis disbelief enough. You know, this could kind of happen in real life. You know, you inject somebody with rage, they're blind, fury, you go after them, and you are killed by them. But your the infection spreads just like COVID or whatever, and you know, it goes so on and so forth. I mean, it kind of took like a month for the whole world to shut down, right? About 28 days later, once uh, Christmas was over and it got over here in America, right? It was about a month, and we were running out of toilet paper, if you remember. Shit. Um, anyway, so what was I? Oh, yeah, so, you know, fast forward, you know, um, the the other guy dies because uh, he gets bit and, or he gets, yeah, he gets scratched a bit and uh, Selena kills him. And then they move on to meet Frank uh, and his daughter. Uh, Frank was played by uh, Brandon Gleason and uh, his daughter Hannah was played by Megan Burns. All right, and FYI, uh, the other guy that was, that got his ass kicked and killed was uh, Mark, played by uh, Noah Huntley. All right, cool. And uh, that, that guy will be left. I'm just naming the main characters. Anybody else in the movie, you just have to be that guy, that that girl, that zombie. Sorry. Uh, my <laughs> anyway, um, so they meet up with them. They find them in a high-rise apartment. Frank, uh, the cab driver, uh, helps them. He actually... You know, saves their lives when they're trying to. You know, they see this light in the distance. I'm, I'm, I'm this. They see this light in the distance, and it uh, looks like a housing project. If you ask me, I don't know how housing project, projects work in the UK, but that looked like a housing project. Um, anyway, so uh, they went to the light. Let's give it a light. <laughs> and Frank saves their lives when they're chased by zombies up the stairs, and uh, he saves them, brings them in and makes an agreement with them to go to, uh, I guess, a military base where the, uh, they heard a radio signal where it was a military base, so they figured there's power in numbers, let's go to the base. So they go to the base. On the way to the base, they get food, 
and there's a really awesome scene with him getting his food. Oh, and it's like the most happiest moment in the movie, if you ask me. Uh, other than the the end, but the the the, the it's like a, it was like a play date in the supermarket. And from what I understand, that was like the same day, if not the next day after 9-11 when this happened, and they recorded it. So they, the actors felt very weird uh, being in such an upbeat, uh, happy mood when the whole world was like, what the fuck just happened, you know? So anyway, so they, uh, they get out of there. Poor Frank uh, has the misfortune. Uh, while I believe getting gas or, or looking for uh, you know supplies or whatever at a rest stop, he gets a damn drop of blood in his eye from a stupid crow chewing on a zombie. Okay, poor dude. One drop, one drop of blood, as 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 uh, Selena says, it's in the blood. You know, and he you know tells his daughter he loves him. Before, he loves her before she he dies. He tells his daughter he loves her before he dies, and you know she uh, she has to watch this uh, military group come out of nowhere as he's about to attack her and kill him. And these military guys save the day for that. And and um, they save the day uh, and they take him in and they go to their base. All right, this is where I smoke my bowl. <laughs> And I calmed down because I already I see the movie, so I kind of remember a little bit what was going to happen. But um, two things before I move on: the a lot of shots in this movie looked like looked like paintings to me. There were a lot of times when they were traveling in the uh, cab from place to place that this movie looked like the certain shots just looked like oil paintings, uh, you know. And I really I, I don't I, I, at that point. I had never seen anything like that in the movie. And I might not have even noticed it back then, but now, you know, I, I'm noticing all these things. Yo, uh, the cinematography of this movie, fantastic. Even the old grainy look. Like, this was one of the first movies done on, uh, done digitally. And they still gave it like this real worn, torn look, and that's on purpose. You know, I, I think it really helped for the vibe of the movie. Um, so anyway, they get long story short, man, because I don't want to, it's probably been almost 12 minutes um, talking. It'd probably be even less if I edited out anything out. Um, anyway, so anyway, I'm gonna. I don't want to make it too much longer because I've been rambling on for for over 10 minutes now. And so these military guys who we're not sure about, nobody's really sure about them, but they did, you know, save their life. She did. The girl Hannah did have to watch her father get killed, so she's not happy doing too much. And so far they seem good, you know. But guess what? I don't see any ladies. First bad sign. Next sign. Uh, they keep a zombie alive just to see how long they, they they how long it takes for them to die without eating. Good idea, kind of, but still the way they you know it's just unsettling. Um, that being said, these guys, man, they turn out to be a bunch of fiends. And they only put out the radio signal so they can get running because they, for whatever reason, they, they can't jerk off. I don't know why, but they evidently can't jerk off. Jerking off works fine, of course, for years. But as soon as you get a little bit and then you don't, you start murdering motherfuckers. I don't get that about dudes. That's why I got married. Keep you fuckers alive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
no man they they try to rape uh hannah and uh, selena and they even uh take uh what you call it um what's my man's name they even take jim jim to uh jim and another soldier who wasn't having it either and they basically take him off to kill him at a little far off place beyond the wall uh where they uh well basically they murder people almost like how it, it really is just a, a pit of, of dead bodies that they, that they uh, bring out uh jim gets away and in this moment you've seen jim go from because this whole time and i don't remember if i've said this this whole time jim has been like oh no man let's let's, 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 let's he's had hope and selena this whole time has been like hopeless fuck hope basically fuck bob hope you know <laughs> you know and uh you know so at this point in the movie man, to get to save selena and hannah this dude actually starts moving and almost acting out of pure rage and it builds up it builds up, it builds up, it builds up all the way up into when he kills this fucking guy, this fucking the main asshole soldier. And he wasn't even the head soldier, he was just the main asshole soldier. Uh, the head soldier, you almost felt bad for him. Uh, you know, the head soldier, uh, you know, he, he he's still a bad guy, but he's like the lesser of the evils because even when, you know, after, you know, because Jim, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, I do this sometimes, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Um, Jim goes, he gets back into the house, inch by inch, killing off soldier after soldier, letting out the zombie so he can have a little help. Now, zombies are good all of a sudden for a moment, right? And, you know, you get to see Jim slowly resembling a zombie, not because he's been bitten, but because by the time he kills the main guy, you can see he's full of rage and there's no difference between him and the zombie to the point to where uh S selena actually sees is being saved by jim but she's not sure if she's being saved or if she's next she doesn't know if jim has been bitten or not she doesn't know but she all she sees is pure rape right i, I love that i love that little touch of what i was going to say about the uh asshole general was uh or not the asshole the uh, lesser of two assholes so uh asshole light uh general uh you know, you feel for him a little bit because he stood by one of his men's side as he was dying, holding his hand. So it wasn't all bad, but he's still a jerk because he, you know, he, he still is a jerk because he wanted to um, have Selena and uh, Hannah rape, man. Like, yeah, that's pretty foul, man. So anyway, so long story short, Jim saved the day, not before he shot, but, you know, there's a little moment where they show, they get out, they get out. First of all, Hannah, my girl Hannah kills. The, uh, the head general, pretty fucking cool. And they get out at the, the head general shoots Jim. They get out. There's a little hospital moment where you think Jim dies because they're doing the defibrillator uh, on him. And then he wakes up just like the movie. You know, the, the beginning is just like the end, and the end is just like the beginning. Jim's waking up from a nap. This is 28 days later, and he has more hair. His hair grew back. Uh, you know, he's no longer bald. Jim. He's now more looks like Jim from The Office. Uh, and you know they're, they're 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 like out like it almost looks like just almost looks like the sound of music where they're at you know the hills were alive with greenery and hope and wherever they found this little cottage where nobody is at and they're you know there's this fighter plane uh, flying by and uh, you, you think they're gonna seek help like they're trying to um, 
to word like use sheets to uh, spell out it looks like help but then by the time you get to see the full shot it says hello so I, you really don't know if they're just communicating hello or if they're trying to be safe either way that was the end of the movie that is exactly how it ends i told you i give it two bowls for this movie and it, 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 I, honestly it was intense you know and if it was any longer i probably would have made it three but i wouldn't have counted that third one because that would have meant the movie was bad and unwatchable but i gave it to two because the second one's kind of necessary after old frankie boy dies well all right <laughs> All right, man. So uh, I'm gonna wrap it up. Let's wrap this blunt up. And dude, that that was it. That was the first episode of Smoke a Bowl of Harbor. I just want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank uh, my, my beautiful, beautiful wife for buying me this podcast uh, station here, and it is freaking awesome. And also, uh, let me have this goddamn man cave in my shed. Uh, without this. I would be in the bathroom and you would hear a bunch of knocking on the door for my children. So thank God for that. And uh, if you're, uh, you want to uh, contact me or if you want to, you know, give advice on the podcast, you just want to say, hey, whatever, uh, you know, and not even advice. I mean, if you just want a, a critique on the podcast, uh, you know, you can always um, social media on Instagram and Twitter is Smokable of Horror and also the same for email Smokable of Horror at gmail.com. Alright, so that's it man. And uh hopefully as the episodes move on I'll think of other fun stuff to do. You know, make this a give this whole podcast a real good vibe. So you want to come back and listen and hang out more. Uh hope you had a good time. Hope you smoked up and until next time peace.